Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Loya, your host. So are you apprehensive? maybe having joyful anticipation or just confused about this upcoming synod in Rome. And we've been in a process of synodality, a synodality process. Some people may not even know what that really means, maybe don't even care that much, or maybe you're very tuned to it. Many people are tuned to it. They're apprehensive. Some are looking forward to it with a certain amount of joy. And as I said, maybe many are just not tuned into it at all. Well, we're here to help because we are light of the East. We speak from the position of the Eastern lung of the church, as St. John Paul II said. And the Eastern churches have a lot to say about synodality and synods because that is very much a part of our structure historically in the Eastern Catholic churches. Let me explain something about ecclesiology that could be helpful in understanding this word synod and synodality, especially in regard to the Eastern Catholic churches. When you look at the ecclesiology of the churches, East and West, in other words, the, the basic structure of our churches, the West has what I might say, and I'm going to simplify this, the West has what you might say a pyramid-type structure with the Pope at the top of the pyramid, you know, pyramids, think of it as like a triangle, you know, the point on the top. So the Pope is there, and as you go down the triangle, as it gets wider, you know, like a triangle, everything in the triangle represents the different dioceses, bishops, priests, faithful, and they're all under, quote-unquote, under the Pope. In other words, they find their Catholic validity by being in union with the Pope of Rome. Now, in the Eastern churches, the ecclesiology is more like what we call local church ecclesiology. It works like this. Think of it, instead of pyramid, think of it as bubbles, <laughs> like round circles, like bubbles. And inside each bubble is a patriarch, bishops, priest, and the faithful. And that bubble with those elements, patriarch, bishop, priest, and faithful, is considered in the Eastern churches to be a complete church. It's a local church. And you have many local churches or among the Eastern churches. And they can be or should be in union with each other. 
Now, sometimes they're not because historically they had fights or whatever, and then they split from union with each other. But even if they split from union with each other, each bubble is still considered in Eastern ecclesiology a complete church, patriarch, bishops, priests, and laity. Now, these churches can be in communion with each other, as I mentioned, and or in communion with the Pope of Rome. If they are not in communion with the Pope of Rome, they are still considered to be a valid church. Now, ideally, you want everybody in communion. But with this local church ecclesiology, in the Eastern churches, they use this structure of synod. And synod means this. Synod means the action of the Holy Spirit in the communion of the body of Christ and in the missionary journey of the people of God. It's a journey together as the people of God, listening to each other. And as Pope Francis said, a synod or synodality is what the Lord expects of the church. And he emphasizes the openness to the Holy Spirit, to the action of the Holy Spirit in the church. In other words, what does the Holy Spirit want us to do? How does the Holy Spirit want us to go forward as church? And there are three themes in synodality, communion, participation, and mission. Now, synods and the word council, you may have heard of the word council. You've heard me talk about it on this program. If you've listened to us for any length of time, we talk about the great ecumenical councils through history. That's a big celebration in the Eastern churches. Well, councils and synods are, well, those terms are used interchangeably in terms of the formal ecclesiastical assemblies of the church. In other words, it's a coming together. And these three themes, communication, participation, and mission, are very much what you might expect out of the church. The church is a communion. In other words, we are together as one, or supposed to be. We're a community, and of course, that comes to its fullness in the Eucharist. Participation, in other words, everybody gets to play, basically. (laughs) Everybody is represented. And it's about the mission of the church. In other words, we come together, communion, we participate in discussions together and discernment so that we can discern the way together of the mission of the church, especially a mission in a particular time, which would be our time and towards the future. Now, this happened at the Second Vatican Council. It was a council that was brought together to do pretty much the same thing, looking at the modern world and seeing how the church can come together and live out its mission more effectively in the modern age. Well, we're doing something like that again. It's not quite like a Vatican council, but it is a synod. And as Pope Francis said, we have to be open to the Holy Spirit to see what the Lord expects of the church. I want to direct you to what I think is a very informative article. It's in the National Catholic Register recently, and it's called, Are We on the Verge of an Eastern Catholic Moment? And this article in the National Catholic Register is written by Robert Kalesko. He's an EW10 theology advisor. He's married to Andrea with five boys and one girl, and is in the diaconate formation for the byzantine Ruthenian Catholic Church. And he writes from Irondale, Alabama. Again, the title of the article is, Are We on the Verge of an Eastern Catholic Moment? He says that the Eastern churches will have much to contribute to the synod and synodality of this process. And in the article, and I advise you to look up this article, but I'm going to just read to you some excerpts from it that are relevant to our discussion today on synodality. And Robert Klesko in this article says this, At present, two major conversations are occurring in the church. 
the Synod on Synodality, and the National Eucharistic Renewal. Until recently, it appeared that the Eastern Catholic churches were going to be shut out of the conversation on synodality, which would have been a scandal. However, the recent release of the Instrumentum Laboris and the full list of the synodal participants has given some signs of hope that the lived experience of the Eastern churches will be brought to bear on the synod. The list of synodal participants, released July 7th, that's this year, names as ex officio members of the heads of all of the Eastern Catholic churches. Now, ex officio means they're basically, to put it in plain terms, they're automatic members. You see, the Pope has invited, you know, handpicked, selected, invited certain members to participate in this process in Rome. But for the Eastern Catholic leaders, they are ex officio, they're automatic. And Mr. Klesko in his article says, this is significant and encouraging for those who may not know, many of the Eastern Catholic churches are themselves synodal churches. All the patriarchal churches of the East are synodal. They include the Coptic Catholic Church of Alexandria, the Maronite Catholic Church, the Melkite Catholic Church, the Syriac Catholic Church, the Chaldean Catholic Church, and the Armenian Catholic Church. There are also major archiepiscopal churches, like the Ukrainian Catholic Church, which also function with a synodal structure. Now, these churches he talked about all have patriarchs, as I mentioned before. Patriarchs, bishops, priests, faithful. They go according to the local church ecclesiology of the East that we talked about. Mr. Klesko says, unlike some Catholic commentators who seem to completely miss what authentic synodality means in favor of a centralized ecclesiology, genuine synodality has produced some wonderful things for the local and universal church. For example, the publication of the Christ our Pascha was a synodal work. Christ our Pascha, the catechism of the Ukrainian Byzantine Catholic Church, was published in Ukrainian in 2011 and shortly afterward in English after a lengthy synodal process. The 300-page catechism presents the treasures of the Catholic faith as expressed through the liturgical, theological, and lived experience of the largest Eastern Catholic Church in communion with Rome. Now notice, they did this catechism in Ukrainian and then into English because there's a Ukrainian Catholic Church in Ukraine— and then they are also in America. Now, that's an example of synodality. They came together, although some were in Europe, some were here, but they came together as one church and produced this catechism, their own Byzantine catechism, but in line with and, and based on the Catholic catechism of the church. Beyond this, the election of new bishops, even patriarchs, particular law, and the establishment of new feasts and new liturgical texts are commonly completed at the synodal level. In this way, a synod, especially of a particular sui juris church, that's a Latin word which means a church in its own right, exemplifies the principle of subsidiarity, which holds that the concerns of a local church ought to be taken care of at the lowest level of governance possible. We see so few examples of true subsidiarity. If it's a principle in Catholic social teaching, why can it not be a principle of our ecclesiology? Now, this is something you may notice that Pope Francis has been leaning towards, more of a kind of a local church type of control. Like he said here, the author, Robert Klesko, that the concerns of a local church ought to be taken care of at the lowest level of governance possible. The Instrumentum Laboris of the Synod has 23 references to the Eastern Catholic churches. And again, this is encouraging and significant. We will see why this is when we return. I'm Father Thomas Leia on Light of the East. Every day, Father Loya posts a brief two-minute Facebook video on the Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish homepage. You'll be amazed at what you can learn just by watching. 
Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. And then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. You are listening to the Choirs of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church under the direction of Timothy Woods in Homer Glen, Illinois. This is the music you hear on Light of the East and is sung during the Sacred Liturgy at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish. Order online at byzantinecatholic.com. All we ask is a donation of $20 or more, which includes shipping and handling to Annunciation Parish for each Theosis CD. Send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. And may God grant you This is Archbishop Salvatore Cordiglione of the Archdiocese of San Francisco, and you are listening to Light of the East. It's no secret that Father Loya and other speakers from the Tabor Life Institute are available to speak at your parish or group on marriage and family topics seen through the lens of St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body. Other topics include Eastern Christian spirituality and the significance of art in the church. The Tabor Life Institute can arrange for marriage encounters, parish missions, and can help your parish facilitate teen faith formation in either English or Spanish. For Father Loya and other speakers, contact the Tabor Life Institute by writing to taborlife at earthlink.net. That's Tabor spelled T-A-B-O-R, life, at earthlink.net. Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loyal, your host. We're referring to an article by Robert Klesko, who is a Byzantine Ruthenian, and he is a candidate for the diaconate. He wrote an article, which I highly recommend that you look up. It's in the National Catholic Register. It's called, Are We on the Verge of an Eastern Catholic Moment? Again, this is by Robert Klesko. And one of the things he cites in the document on the Synod thus far is this. It says that it It is desired that we might better hear and recognize the different traditions of specific regions and churches in an ecclesiastical theological conversation often dominated by Latin Western voices. The dignity of the baptized is recognized as a key point in many contexts. Similarly, for many members of Eastern Catholic Welcome churches back to in particular, Light of the, East. the Paschal Mystery celebrating the sacraments host. of Christian initiation remains the focus of reflection on Christian identity and the synodal church. It also says this, the Eastern Catholic churches have a long and distinguished experience of synodality shared with the Orthodox churches, a tradition they wish attention would be given to in the discussions and discernment of this synodal process. And finally, likewise, there are specific and particular realities that Eastern Christians in diaspora face in new contexts, together with their Orthodox brothers and sisters, 
is desired that the Eastern Catholic churches in the diaspora are able to preserve their identity and be recognized as more than ethnic communities, such as recognized as churches sui juris, with rich spiritual, theological, and liturgical traditions that contribute to the mission of the church today in a global context. Now, for those of you who may be a little apprehensive about this synodal process, I understand that because we're hearing things about who was invited and what group is pushing for what. We're hearing things even about what's happening in some of the areas of the church in Germany, the Catholic church in Germany, the Latin rite. We're hearing things that are very alarming, as if they've almost broken with Catholic teaching, Catholic practice, true Catholic teaching and practice. And we're hearing from some of the media out there that something similar is maybe going to happen or be the outcome of this synod, that there are groups that are going to lobby for their changes in the Catholic Church, and these changes could be very radical. This is what we're hearing, and of course, it's understandable that that would cause us to be anxious. But let me give you an example that might help. Pope Francis, early on in his papacy, he called for a synod on marriage and family. Do you remember that? I remember it well because I met Pope Francis at that time in Rome. And I told him in Italian, I said, as a pastor, I'm looking forward to this synod because I really need it. I think it could be helpful for me as a pastor to see what kind of developments there can be in marriage and family in the church. And the Pope liked what I said. And in fact, I have a picture. The photographer caught this instant where he was patting me on the shoulder for saying that and smiling. He liked what I said. However, during that time, if you recall, I remember it well, there was all this flurry in the media that the Pope, through this synod on marriage and family, was going to change the church's teaching on some things, such as he would allow Catholics who got divorced and are remarried, but not in the church, he would allow them to still receive Holy Communion. Remember that? And also, it, it said that he might even do away with the annulment process. Now, the reason why I know this is very real is because I even had people come up to me who were in those situations and were convinced that the Pope was going to change things. Because he said to me, well, I hope the Pope hurry up and changes these things because that'll be, make it a lot better for me. And I thought, oh boy, I don't know about that. Well, guess what? These things did not change. Even though that was the frontline narrative. Remember that? Oh, I remember it well. So it's just one example where we can kind of stay calm about what we're hearing. I mean, maybe some reason to be a little bit apprehensive, but we can still stay calm because we have a precedent such as this one I just cited, whereby the front narrative that was in all the media was about these radical changes, but they never happened. Pope Francis is kind of a, let's face it, he's a bit of a head scratcher. He'll say something that people who are very, very faithful Catholics just love, and then sometimes he'll say something or he won't say something. He'll do something or not do it, whatever. That seems like he's going off the rail. He's very much a mystery. And the reason is, I think, well, only God knows. But we have to remember something about Pope Francis. This is not a defense nor a condemnation of him. I'm just trying to give you some ways to move through this synodality amidst all the stuff in the media. Pope Francis is, number one, he is the first pope who was ordained a priest after Vatican II. Number two, he's from Latin America. And number three, he's a Jesuit. So he's a different package right from the start. And so it's not unusual that he'll be 
a bit different for us and a kind of a head scratcher. But let's hold on and pray and have faith and trust in the Holy Spirit. Speaking of gathering and synods, there's going to be another kind of gathering I'd like to let you know about. In fact, I'm going to let you know about it through the help of a special person, a special guest, a good good friend of mine, also former parishioner. Proud to say she was my parishioner. I'm not happy to say she's former, but it's only because she moved away because of the work that she's doing. Her name is Anastasia Northrup, and she is the head of the National Catholic Singles Conference and this is going to happen, or we're going to join together as singles in Plymouth, Michigan in August. That's this month, Friday to Sunday, August 25th to 27th in Plymouth, Michigan. Anastasia is here to tell you all about it, especially if you are single. So welcome, Anastasia, to Light of the East. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. Thank you so much, Father Tom. Definitely uh, miss being at Annunciation, so I look forward to the next time I can visit again. Um, we, we certainly miss you and your family. But However, you are doing the will of God, God's work. In that regard, we're very happy for you and your family. So tell us about this work of the National Catholic Singles Conference. What is it like? What happens there? Sure, yes. Well, it's like a big retreat with social activities. So you get all of the retreat aspects with mass, adoration, confession, um, opportunities for the, praying the rosary. You have an, we have an adoration chapel. And in fact, this year, what I'm very excited about is that it's being held at St. John's Resort, which was the former Archdiocesan Seminary for the Archdiocese of Detroit. It's out in Plymouth, Michigan, so it's a nice area um, in the suburbs. And uh, so they actually have a chapel there um, that they've kept, and the Blessed Sacrament is still present. So we will not only have our adoration chapel, but they have this beautiful chapel that they used for the seminary, and Jesus is, is present there in the tabernacle too. So we have the retreat aspect. We have fantastic speakers coming, um, speaking on all sorts of topics from um, anywhere from you know your relationship with God and personal growth for healing, the culture, uh, marriage and relationships, the theology of the body. Um, we have quite a wide variety. And then we also have the social events. We have lunch together. We have a dance on Saturday night. We have a reception Friday night and music and a lot of time before and after the conference too, if people come early and stay late uh, to go see the sites in the area and be with other people. So it's really a beautiful gathering and just a lot of fun too. The fact that it's in a former seminary, does this mean that if the single men who are staying there uh, that they will have, instead of dreams of being married, they'll have dreams of becoming a priest? Is that what will happen? <laughs> well, I guess they'll have to report on that afterwards and let me know. <laughs> <And> <laughs> some women might not be so happy about it, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, first of all, it, this is happening, again, Friday to Saturday, August 25th to 27th of this year. And where can people go to find out and sign up? Sure. The website is nationalcatholicsingles.com. And we have a special discount code for listeners to Light of the East, which is LIGHT. And so, you know, they can pop that in there and get a discount. And we, we actually are having an online version, too. So if for some reason you can't be there, which obviously it's great to be there in person. But if you can't, people can log on and watch the speakers. And then we'll have special socials, online socials and a virtual, you know, prayer time and everything like that for those that are participating online. So, um, so yeah, National Catholic Singles dot com is the website and i'm so happy that many years um you've been able to be present so you know what it's like and uh you know have seen it in action this being the 22nd one so oh, uh, you yes. were number two yes yes it's 
Yeah, and it's one of the best places to have a synod. We're talking about the synod, the synodality. So this is a synod of its own, the synod of singles, and it's one of the best synods to have <laughs> in the Catholic Church today. For young. Are there, is there any uh, age group or age limit here? It's actually a very broad, wide age range from 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s plus. So it's basically the spectrum of the church and everybody comes together. And of course, you meet people in your own you know, age range and things like that um, and the different activities and stuff. So it's it's really beautiful. Well, real quickly, Anastasia, because we're coming to the end of the program, uh, what are the speakers? Sure. Um, Pete Barak with Renewal Ministries, he's going to be giving a fantastic um, closing talk Sunday, kind of working backwards. We have Margaret Vasquez with Sacred Heart Healing Ministries, uh, J.P. DeGant, who co-wrote the, co-authored the book The End Game with uh, Dr. John Van Epp, and then uh, Steve McCorney, who's, I know, one of your spiritual sons as well, um, and uh, continues on with uh, a lot of your work, you know, in his own ministry. And so he's going to be leading us out Friday night is the keynote. And we have a panel going on as well, sharing some testimonies. So, um, so yeah, it'll be a, a neat lineup. And I always like to go deep, you know, and, yes, and yeah. have topics <laughs> that can make a change in your life. Well, once again, August 25th to the 27th, that's Friday to Saturday in Plymouth, Michigan, National Catholic Singles Conference. Find out, sign up, go to nationalcatholicsingles.com. Anastasia, thank you for being here in Light of the East. We'll get in touch with you again. And thanks for all your wonderful work for adults, especially single adults in the area of theology of the body. God bless you. Thank you so much, Father. Thank you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. To hear Light of the East again, visit byzantinecatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab and on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Light of the East. We encourage you to tell a friend about Light of the East and to visit ByzantineCatholic.com. Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. This is Doug Keck, EWTN President and Chief Operating Officer. This is Bishop Ferdinand Cherie, Auxiliary Bishop of New Orleans. This is Jerry Usher, co-host of Take Two with Jerry and Debbie. Thanks for listening to the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Wilcook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. Or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. Oh!